All right. Hello, LaSalle College. Uh, this is Mike Garozzo. I have a very special guest with me today. Rymo, the drummer from Slightly Stupid, joins me. Rymo, how's it going? Hey, good, Mike. How you doing today, man? Good. I'm, I'm hanging in there. Awesome. Yeah, I just got a couple questions for you. No problem. Let's do it. All right. Probably get this question a lot. How did you guys come up with the name Slightly Stupid? Um, well, the name goes pretty far back, uh, really even before my time in the band. Um, I've been with the guys uh, coming up on 10 years now, and uh, Slightly Stupid's been around since about 95, so the band's actually more or less been a band since, well, I guess it's been about 17 years or close to that anyway. And, uh, you know, at that point, you know, the guys in the band or you know, picture, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old, you know, <laughs> punk kids in high school, you know, sitting around, you know, being goofy and, and telling jokes and stuff. And they're trying to come up with a band name at that point because uh, they were starting to do shows. And so they were kind of just all sitting around with a couple of friends like, hey, you know, how about, you know, slightly idiotic? And someone's like, dude, that's slightly <laughs> stupid. And then everyone just laughed and then that band name. And here we are, you know, almost, you know, 20 years later with the same name going strong. So. Yeah, you guys are going strong. Uh, you're probably one of my favorite bands, you know, starting oh, out. Thanks. What are some of the influences that you guys have? Um, well, definitely from an early, early point, um, we all listen to a lot of punk rock, a lot of reggae, of course, um, ska music, jazz music. I mean, at this point, we've, we've all kind of gone through different phases of listening and stuff. Um, but we were, you know, we're from Southern California and we all, you know, all grew up surfing and kind of skateboarding and being by the beach, living by the beach and living that type of lifestyle. So I would say, you know, one of our biggest influences is just kind of our lifestyle, you know, just being around the beach and like I said, you know, surfing, skating, even snowboarding and stuff, being kind of around that, that world. And, you know, along with that comes, you know, a little bit of smoke and a couple beers and that, that kind of thing. And. You know, as a, as a lifestyle, that's obviously been a huge influence on us because that's where we're from. Um, musically, I mean, pretty much we listen to tons of all kinds of music. So the, the gamut, I mean, whatever you can kind of imagine, we probably have listened to at one point or another from hip-hop, funk, rock, you know, jazz, of course, reggae, rock, punk, you know, all kinds of mixes in between. So Yeah. Anyone in particular influenced you? Um, man, I, you know, my, the, my first biggest influence, um, was John Bonham, you know, the great John Bonham, the drummer from Led Zeppelin. Yep. Um, you know, as a young kid, I had a couple older sisters that were listening to, to Led Zeppelin and, and Aerosmith, you know, early on and, and some punk rock bands, Dead Kennedys and Social Distortion and all these different things. And so she was giving me like mixtapes, you know, back in the day and, hey, check out this, check out this mixtape. This is this band, you know. Led Zeppelin, you know, and then on the back side, there's like a, a punk mix. So see what you think of that. Because, you know, at that point, I was listening to like Wham and putting on the Ritz and all this like 80s top 40, you know, Casey Kasem. You know what I mean? Cool. Yeah, yeah, so I know what you mean. Once, once I heard the Led Zeppelin thing, I was just like, yeah, I want to do that. Like, I want to learn how to play drums. And so I started, you know, blasting Led Zeppelin on the stereo and trying to learn how to play drums along to, to that music. And so that was uh, probably my biggest influence from the beginning. You guys toured with, like, Don Carlos, Snoop Dogg, Cypress Hill, G-Love. You know, the list goes on. What was it like to share the road with those guys? I mean, honestly, all those dudes are the coolest. Like, literally every band we've, we've been on the road with that we're, like, actually doing tours with, you know, consistently doing a lot of shows in a row. I mean, you know, Don Carlos, I mean, just reggae legend, of course. Snoop, I mean, hip-hop legend, right, icon, right. you know. 
you know, household name, you know, um, really it's an honor to be, be surrounded by those types of guys and, and to collaborate with them. You know, we were able to play with Snoop a couple times on that particular tour. We had Cypress Hill sitting in with us when we were touring with them. Of course, Don Carlos was sitting in, Half Pint. You know, we've done a lot of stuff with, you know, some different artists, G-Love, like you mentioned, and um, artists that we've, you know, basically grown up listening to and looking up to. So it's a real honor for us now to kind of come full circle and be able to kind of, you know, be alongside these guys and playing on tour with them and get a chance to hang out and, you know, burn or whatever and, and just kind of be a part of the whole, you know, experience has been really, really cool. Right, yeah. Um, I mentioned Cypress Hill, and apparently there's rumors that you guys doing a uh, new song with them on the upcoming record. Um, there, we, you know, we've talked about collaborating. We haven't uh, officially done anything with them, but we have done some other collaborations with a couple of the guys that you mentioned. But uh, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, so you just have to buy the new album when it comes out this summer. And <laughs> yeah, I definitely <laughs> will. Uh, that's not a question. What do you guys do on your off days, like when you're not in the studio and not on tour? Um, you know, up till about a year or two ago, we were just grinding on tour all the time. So we'd be we'd get off the road and we would just try to get a you know a little space from each other and you know these days you know we're getting a little older we a lot of the guys have families and girlfriends and wives and kids and all the whole thing so nowadays when we're off tour you know a lot of times we're just doing kind of the family thing um everyone kind of has their own hobbies like miles is actually a wrestling coach at the local high school <laughs> that's awesome um og does he teaches yoga does a ton of yoga i like to surf i pretty much surf almost every day everyone kind of has different things like c money has another band that he plays with his own project and de la um and myself we we teach uh at an arts foundation in san diego for kind of like underprivileged youth and, and things like that um at risk so to speak youth and so everyone's kind of got their hands in other in other you know hobbies and things that they do and most of it still includes music to some degree or another, but there's also things that we do outside of music for sure, just to, you know, keep it fresh. You can't yeah. always do music only, burn out, you know. How do you guys come up with the songs you write? Um, actually, that's a good question. They, we, they come up in a lot of ways, really. Um, typically, you know, Miles and Kyle are, are the two um, primary writers, but all of us contribute a whole bunch in our own way, like... You know, those guys will have a, a lyric or, or a riff, a guitar riff, and then they'll go, hey, you know, let's put a, put a beat to this. What do you think of that? I'll add a beat. And then they'll show, we'll show that, you know, that part to someone else, and someone will add their part. So it's kind of a, it's still very uh, pretty open, you know, democratic sort of process where we, we build a lot of the songs from piece by piece, and everyone can put their own spin on it, you know. So it really does sound like when you go see the band live, you're going to hear kind of what we do in the studio. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, some bands, you, you go see them live, and it doesn't sound anything like it sounded on the CD or on the album or whatever. Yeah. For us, it's, it's a little more of, like, an open process. What's your favorite Slightly Stupid album? You know, that's tough, but uh, I like them all for different reasons. I'd have to say, I mean, I'm kind of biased, but my favorite um, was Closer to the Sun just because that was the first one I worked on with the guys. And the whole process of making that album was really special. It was like we were literally in the studio for like two months straight, and we did like we recorded like fifty songs um, during that two months. We just we worked our we worked our butts off, and we uh, you know we released Close to the Sun, and still had some songs left over that you know are now starting to see the light of day. And that for me was probably one of my favorites, just because there's a lot of variety on that album, um, and there's also just 
I think there's a lot of good songs, so it's probably one of my favorites. Oh, I, I like Everything You Need, too, man. There's so many good songs in that album. You know, these days, you know, the album thing is sort of, you know, everything's really changed with the internet and iTunes and Pandora and all these sort of different ways to receive music, so... I'm still kind of old school. If I really like a band, I, I want to buy the album. I want to see the album art and read the credits and kind of nerd out, you know. Right. Most people these days, they just want to, they like the song, they just go and download the song and then it is what it is. But I like to, I still care about what goes into that album, you know, the, who who worked on the album, who did the art, who did, you know, who produced it, who helped shape it. You guys have a DVD coming out shortly. What's the process like working with that? Um, You know, for us, we, what we did was um, we went to Bob Weir, who's a guitar player from The Grateful Dead. Um, super nice guy and obviously huge talent. We went up to, he has a studio up in, uh, actually my hometown, oddly enough, up in Northern California, San Rafael, California, which is just north of San Francisco. And uh, we went up into his studio that he built, this new world-class studio, and we basically just jammed for... We did two sets, basically. So we did, like, kind of an acoustic set, and we did an electric set. And um, when we finished that, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, what are we going to do with this? You know, we, we thought the audio sounded great, and we, once we saw the video, it was like, it's kind of a no-brainer. Let's just, let's release this, you know? The process, I mean, it's, it's, it's a longer process than people think. Like, the actual performance and all that, of course, that was only, you know, two, three hours. But the post-production and mixing sound and getting the right video angles and the right shots that does take a lot quite a bit of time in in the post-production side of things last question for you where does boston rank in the cities you've played oh man it's huge are you kidding me we love we love the beam you know half half the guys are boston you know boston natives in in slightly stupid and most people don't know that we our horn players played in, in a, a band from boston actually half the band is from boston half the band is from uh, upstate uh new york uh ithaca a great band called John Brown's Body, and um, they've been around for a long time, playing great music, reggae, roots, and stuff. And uh, another uh, musician in the band these days is a guy named Paul Wollstonecroft, who plays keyboards, and he lives in Boston still. Um, the two horn players have since moved out here to San Diego, but uh, originally were living in Boston and uh, New York City as well, so... Yeah, we definitely have uh, also, you know, and let me not forget this, a couple of our crew guys are from a uh, Boston area as well. So we we have huge ties to Boston. It's kind of, We always kind of laugh because it's kind of we're at two opposite corners of the country and we've been able to sort of all come together in this, in this you know, way where we can make music together. It's really, you know, the Bean is huge, man. We love the Bean. We love going there and, you know, people are really awesome and super happy and excited and crazy and having some drinks and just going off and that's what we like to, you know we like to play for that kind of crowd you know all right well uh thank you rymo for this interview yeah was... no problem mike thank you all right well lasalle college radio this is mike rosa and that was an interview with rymo from slightly stupid thanks rymo yeah no problem see you soon